what is this, seventh message? It doesn't matter. Talking about your identity, figuring out who you are in God. You need, you need to understand this and, and not be frustrated with it, but understand that a lot of Christians are not happy Christians because they've not yet discovered any kind of purpose in their lives. And until you and doesn't it make sense that until you understand purpose, how can you really have peace? You have peace because your sins are forgiven, but but real peace comes when you when you find what Father God made you to be. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. 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 And but one of the things I want to emphasize right now, real quick, is that. Don't, don't be frustrated with that process because it's not up to you. It's up to him. He's the one who knows who you are. He made you. And sometimes there's a process, a process. We all love the promise, but not too many of us like the process, the, the crushing Come on, you can't have wine without crushed grapes. We preach that. So there's a process that's not very comfortable, but, 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 but if, you'll, if you'll be patient, he that endures to the end. And that's not just persecution, that's, that's about process. And as you go through that, if you endure that, then you'll get to that place. But listen, it's not up to you to sit there wringing your hands. Oh, God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know who I am. Oh, just shut up in Jesus' name. Be quiet. I'm not supposed to use the S word. Be quiet in Jesus' name. Because that's on him. Now, you have to be willing Say, God, I'm open, I'm willing, just do whatever you want to do in me. But it's not like, you know, oh, I got to find, I don't know how to do this. I, I know. God knows. But he put something in you. And even, probably even before you were saved, you kind of knew this is my thing. Even before you were saved. Because you're made that way. And if you hadn't gotten saved, that thing would have manifested in a wrong way. This, I'm not even to the introduction yet, so just be patient. I just feel led to, to share this with you so that you understand this and not be frustrated with, I just can't figure out what my purpose is. Just listen, just read the scriptures. There's enough in the word of God to keep you a car that's not moving. So put your spiritual life in D. Some of you are in N. Some of you are in R. Some of you want to be in fourth gear. Got to go to first gear first or you'll strip something. Amen. Boy, that's a sermon right there. That's good. So let's, let's talk about a measure because we're all given a measure of, of, of God and we need to discover our measure. Um, let's, let's go to Daniel. That's been our text throughout all these messages. And in Daniel chapter six, of course, Daniel and his friends are in Babylon, right? They're living in a foreign land. How many believe feel like you're living in a foreign land? We're not in old, we're not in Mayberry anymore. 
In fact, that county in North Carolina now has the highest crime rate in North Carolina. Barney would be overwhelmed. But I heard they gave him another bullet, so we praise him. So it pleased uh, King Darius to set over the kingdom, 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom. This is, Babylon's huge now. This goes like from Egypt all the way to India. And over these three governors, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one of the three, that the satraps might, have, might give account to them so that the king would suffer no Lost. This is a huge responsibility. Okay. Verse, uh, then this Daniel distinguished himself. Say that with me. He distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Woo. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole shebang. Over the whole realm. Now, there's a difference between being distinguished and distinguished himself. He got to the place where whatever was within him set him apart as special. He wasn't distinguished because he was born that way. He was distinguished because... God brought him to that place. And I, I want all of us to get to the place where we can distinguish ourselves in the body of Christ. So that we can get to the place where this, this Jewish boy is in Babylon with the Persians and all them. And he rises almost to the very top of the kingdom because God was, because there was a measure of the spirit in him. Not because of, you know, who he was natural, but he walked in what God gave him and he distinguished himself. Wow. Let's go to our text, our second text, the second Corinthians chapter 3. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Behold, remember Moses had to put a veil on his face. And some people say that was because they, he didn't want people to see the glory. No, that was Old Testament glory. So Old Testament glory kept fading. It was just here for a for a time, it would fall and then lift, fall and then lift, right? So they, he got, they didn't want the people to see the glory fade on his face. But this is New Testament. We don't wear a veil because the glory doesn't fail. Boy, that rhymes. That's good. Amen. Always good when a preacher can rhyme. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, ah, are being transformed into the same image you're looking at from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
We're being transformed. So you say, well, why do I need to go to church? Do I really need to spend a lot of time in prayer? Some of us are just getting by. But I got news for you. If you want to be like Jesus, you need to spend time with Jesus. And, and the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you start looking like Jesus. You know how they say about old married couples that they, they start looking alike? No, I think that's no, I think that's you and your dog. I think that's what the your dog, your dog looks like you. I, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> the more the more time you spend, the more alike you become. We've got a lot of Christians that may be going to heaven, but they don't look like Jesus because they haven't spent any time with Jesus because that's low on the priority list. Wow. Beholding is a transformed in the same image. That, that word spirit, I love it. That word spirit, in the Old Testament, it's ruach, the breath of God. But even in the New Testament, it kind of takes up the meaning of fresh wind. A fresh wind blowing through. The spirit of the Lord, where the wind, where the breath, the fresh wind of God is, there is liberty got to have the wind of God. The problem is there's a lot of identity theft out there. The devil's wanting to label you. It happens in your head. Well, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Well, I'm this. I'm that. I'm bad. Or someone else is labeling you. Or you're getting a blast from the past. You keep hearing your dad's voice. You ain't never going to amount to nothing. You're hearing things and you're listening to those voices instead of the voice of the father. And there's identity theft. Trying to make you, trying to convince you you're somebody you are not. But we've got to figure out how to adopt and adapt to the image of Jesus Christ so we can carry the full glory of God. Glory to God. How many are ready for the full measure of whatever God has for you? Amen. So if we're going to look like Jesus, what does that mean? And I'll, I'll try to be brief here. There's, there's so much we could, we could talk about, but I, I just want to introduce this to you real quick. We're going to get a little deep. Are you okay? We're going to get a little teaching here. But So Ezekiel, let, let's go to people who actually saw God, as it were. Ezekiel was in the throne room, and he saw God. Chapter 1, verse 10 says, As for the likeness of their faces, there, there's these faces around the throne. Each had the face of a man. Each of the four had the face of a lion. On the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox. On the left side, each of the four had the face of an eagle. But John, or in verse 28, jump down to verse 28, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud. By the way, the rainbow is God's. I, I need to research this a little bit, but I believe God's rainbow has seven colors. Is that right? Does anybody know? And the other rainbow has six. Uh-huh. For those of you that know numbers. Is that right? Someone's giving me a signal. Okay. <laughs> and like the appearance in a cloud on a rainy day. 
so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Oh, wow, wow, wow. But John saw him too in Revelation chapter 4 and, and verse 6 and verse 7. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Around the throne. The first living creature was like a lion. The second one was like a calf. The third had the face of a man. And the fourth, uh, like a flying eagle. Real quick, theologians believe these four images are representative of the four Gospels. How many know each one of them has a different perspective? And they're writing to a different audience. But all four are pointing us to Jesus in a, in, in a different way. Okay? So the, so the lion, just real quick for your notes, the lion is the gospel of John. And in the gospel of John, John, John represents Jesus as the son of God, full of power and authority. He's writing, you know, in 70, 80 AD, long after Jesus is gone, and there's almost like a, like a second generation already coming, and John's getting to be an old man, and he begins to, he says, I need to, I need to show Jesus as the Son of God, full of power. Mm, hallelujah. Right? Amen. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. But when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now this is representative of the gospel of Luke. Because in Luke, Jesus is the son of man. He's seen as the God of hospitality. He's seen as the son of man. He, he's seen as someone who walks with us and talks with us. And, and through, in fact, we're going to preach on this after Easter. We have a, I already have ten titles after Easter. Don't have the outlines yet, but I, got, I know exactly what I'm going to preach for ten Sundays after Easter. I don't understand these preachers that are up at 2 o'clock on Saturday morning. What am I going to preach? I just can't find anything on the internet and YouTube. I... How many believe God will speak to us? But we're going to go through the book of Luke because the book of Luke has, there's, there's like, uh, there's like eight, eight meals in the book of Luke. Amen. And, and so he's always about Jesus around the table. And, and Dr. Luke, he's got the genealogy that goes all the way back to the first Adam, Jesus. And it's all about the hospitality of God. The eagle is the gospel of Matthew because Matthew is Jewish. And, and, and Matthew was a, was a tax collector. He was a businessman. So he's very precise in his writing. But he wants people to know. He's probably writing to a Jewish audience. Now John's writing to a to a, a Gentile audience, and he wants them to know that Jesus was the Messiah. Matthew is about salvation. Matthew is all about Jesus standing between heaven and earth and being our divine intercessor. It's a priestly role. And then the ox or the calf is, is the gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark. And what, what you may not realize is that Mark traveled a lot with Peter because uh, uh, Mark wasn't with Jesus. But Peter was kind of 
dictating the gospel to him and Mark's writing things down. So we don't know how much came from Peter, but Peter highly influenced the book of Mark. But that's the ox. What's the ox? Faithfulness, strength, endurance to the very end. That's Mark, enduring to the end and just seeing God working in his miracles. Okay. You got all that? That's a lot. So we're talking about being like Jesus and having the measure of the Spirit. Watch this in John chapter 3 and verse 34. Watch what it says. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. Talking about Jesus. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Jesus did not have a measure of the Spirit. He had the full measure of the Spirit. Now, none of us walk in the full measure of God like Jesus did. Come on. I know some of you think you're all that, but probably not. We walk by measure. And as we talk about identity and purpose and becoming Christ-like, Listen, you're never going to get there completely. No one's ever going to say, you're Jesus. No one's going to make that mistake. <laughs> Come on, amen. I, I, remember, I remember a little two-year-old once thought I was Jesus. And, and they were coming to church one day, and they were listening to me on the radio. And he recognized my voice. And he said, oh, we're listening to Jesus. Yeah, he grew out of that. He grew out of that. <laughs> but listen, you have a certain measure. Say measure. The Greek word is metron. Measure. Whenever you see measure in the scripture, it's, the Greek word is metron. It's where we get the word uh, metronome, that thing that keeps beat, click, 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 right? That's what it's called, metro, Metrodome, right? Like, like the store. Okay. <laughs> the measure of the Spirit. I'm about to lose it. I, maybe I should just quit. I mean, I don't know. No? Okay. <laughs> so, so we, first of all, there's, there's four of these. Uh, so, number one, we need to discover the, the measure of the Spirit within us. We, we see this word or a word like it in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, uh, beginning in verse 4. There are diversities. Okay? That, that word diversities literally means many different kinds. But it also has the meaning... <laughs> Uh, it, 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 the, 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 Greek word, the Greek word there is diaresis. It's where we get the word diary from, okay, in the English. So, so that word literally means your daily allowance. Your daily allowance. So there are daily allowances of gifts, but it's the same spirit that distributes there are differences, or the same word there, diversities, of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, 
But it is the same God who works all in all. Now, I don't have time to get into this, but how many know there are three gift lists, and those three are identified right there. Here's the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, right? And then there are differences of ministries. Go to Romans chapter 12, and you are one of those seven personality ministries. We talked about it in the, at the leadership retreat. Okay, but it's the same Father God. There's a trinity here. Differences of ministry, but the same Lord. That's Ephesians chapter 4. That's the fivefold ministry gifts. And there are diversities of activities. That's Romans 12. Are you totally confused now? That's Romans 12, the 7. So there are how many gifts of the Spirit? Nine. Someone got it. There are nine of them. How many... Uh, uh, differences of ministries, the five-fold ministry, and then there are seven gifts fa that Father God gives us. So there's a Trinitarian thing there. But anyway, that's beside the point. The, the thing is, we get a daily allowance of the Holy Spirit. How many We pray for daily bread, right? You can pray for your daily allowance of the Holy Spirit. You ought to get up in the morning and say, I want my allowance, Dad. Glory to God. Number two, we have a metron or a measure of authority. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to teach a little bit. Are you okay? For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are really stupid. Amen. They are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond our measure. But within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere with which especially includes you. Paul says, I have a sphere of influence. You can pray for anybody, you can speak to any, but there, when it comes to spirit, spiritual authority, God placed me as the set man over this church. I have a sphere of influence. I can't force that on you, by the way. But if I go preach at another man's church, and that guy might have been appointed just three weeks ago, and it's his first church, and he is totally clueless, but I can't go in his church and exercise the authority I have here. If that 21-year-old punk says, sit down and be quiet, I'll do it. I believe in honoring your elders, so he needs to say it nicely. But he has authority... <laughs> And you have authority over a certain... You need to figure out what your measure is. You know, God might have given you authority over your workplace. Not a single amen. You don't want that? God will give you authority. Maybe you're the person in the family that God uses to reach the family. So, so you have a measure, you have a sphere of influence that God gives you that's a measure of the authority of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Number three, we have a metron, we have a measure of faith. 
Romans 12, 3 through, 3 through 8. In fact, this is the scripture I referred to earlier. For I say through the grace given to me among you, not to think of himself more highly. Did you notice that keeps coming up? Then he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Another way of saying it is faithfulness. God has given you a place to operate, a place to have faith, a place to exercise faith. For as we have many body, many uh, members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Unity does not mean we're all, we all do the same thing. It doesn't mean we're all the same kind of people. There's unity even in diversity. So God makes us diverse, but we all have a common purpose, common direction. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. All right. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. You can't just step out of the body of Christ and say, I'm done with you people. I come across people every once in a while. They don't go to church. They worship God in the woods. They always say, I go out in the woods. They're tree huggers. They worship out in the woods. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do that. I have my acre and a half of solitude. I got my place. I go out there, and no one knows me. Uh, no one knows I'm out there. It's just me and Jesus. I, that's okay. But how many know you need more than that? It's not just all about that. It's not all about just you and Jesus. Come on. Because Jesus has a body. So I tell people, I say, well, I don't, I don't go to church anymore. You know what I tell them? I said, I thought you were my brother. Aren't we family? What do you call a family that doesn't get along and never, and never gets together? Isn't there a word for that? Dysfunctional. That's how I witness to folk. I said, you, I said, I don't argue that you're saved. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay you're going to heaven. But, but, brother, you're dysfunctional. You're part of the family, but you're dysfunctional. Unless you're part of a body, I don't know how you find your purpose. Don't you love Thing? Thing is amazing. <laughs> he doesn't talk, but he... It does sign language. <laughs> but you can't be a thing. You, you need to be part of a body. You, you only function as part of something bigger. Finding your measure of faith. And here's the... I wish I, wish I had a look at it. And remember, these are kind of like personalities. This is kind of who you are. Oh, I wish, I wish I had another half hour we could go into this because it's so fun. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a prophetic personality, and you know who you are because you're very black and white. You're very black and white. Okay? It's thus saith the Lord or whatever. Uh, uh, so let us prophesy. Let's speak in proportion to our faith or ministry. Ministry serving, let us use it in our serving, in our ministering. That's actually the word deacon there. Uh, he, uh, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, there's a teaching personality. You can always tell that guy because he always talks like this. Number one, 
Number two, he's very organized. Okay, uh, not like my sermon. Okay. <laughs> he who exhorts, this is encouragement. Encourage. If you're an encourager, get out there and encourage people. Do you realize that's a, that, is a, that, is, that is a spirit type? God made you to be an encourager. Somehow we need to have the office of an encourager in church. We need to start recognizing these people who know how to encourage other people. How many believe we need that ministry recognized and fully functional in the body of Christ? Amen. If that's you, step up. Use your gift. All right. He who gives with liberality. I call them resource people. Amen. Some of you are just, you know, the most frustrating thing in the world is people who have no income and yet they have the gift of giving. Just pure frustration. <laughs> but maybe you're a giver. You're, you're, that, you're that person who, who loves to give and provide resources. He who leads, leadership. Some people, now leadership can be learned, but leadership is also something that we kind of walk in and God made us that way. He who shows mercy. With cheerfulness, okay? Um, I think we got, uh, is that it? Yeah. So there, there's the seven. And believe me, you're one of those or a combination of one of those. And by the way, if you want to know who, which one you are, we have a survey we can give you. Can we maybe even have it ready after church? We can give that to you, and you can figure that. All new people coming into the church take that survey, and it helps them to find their place in the body of Christ. Can I get an Amen. Okay, so metron of authority, the metron of uh, daily allowance, authority, faith, and the, and the fourth one, the last one is we have a metron of grace. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, but to each one of Christ is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So you have a measure of grace. Verse 12. Verse 12 and 13, and here's the purpose of it. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, there it is again, metron, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is a fullness for you. He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just small potatoes. I'm, no, 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 no. It, it, doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're a thimble or you're a five-gallon bucket. Full is full. Stay full. Stay full. If you stay full, maybe he'll give you a bigger bucket. Oh, I'm going to get to that at the end. I'll save that for the end. Till we all come to unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to the fullness of Christ, is, I think there's another, where am I, another verse, right? Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its, which causes growth of the, for the purpose, for the edifying of itself in love. I don't know if I don't understand all the science of it between every joint. Isn't it interesting how you can have a bone here, a bone here? What's connecting it? A joint. It's it's what is it? Cartilage? And and blood and and tendons? 
There's a, there's a joint. If you got arthritis, you really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because something went wrong in the joint. <laughs> but but, but, but we, have, we have joints that connect things. And, and it, it's, it's mostly kind of, if you really consider, it's mostly like a fluid that in between. Because they say, like, like in your knees, when you lose that fluid, it's bone on bone. And that's painful. Can I give a word to some churches? A lot of churches are just bone on bone. Well, they're organized. They got a, they got a great program, but there's no spirit. What makes a church work is not the organization of the church. It's the Holy Spirit in the church. Now, you can't be unorganized and just crazy. you got to have a, a structure, uh, God's order, not man's order. But it's the Spirit that's the... Let me put it another way. It's like the oil in your engine... You can have the perfect engine built perfectly. All the parts are right. Every part perfectly matched. But how far will that engine go without lubricant? Some of you figured that out after not doing 10 oil changes. What? I'm supposed to change my oil? Yeah. You got to keep changing those wineskins. My God, I'm running out of metaphors here. <laughs> it, listen, the, isn't, it, isn't it weird that man makes all this stuff, but it's that liquid oil that really makes the engine work. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the oil of the Spirit that makes the engine go. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. So we have a measure, a measure of that spirit. So we have this, we have this daily, daily uh, connection, this daily allowance, a measure of all this. Hallelujah. And, and, and so that we can become more like Jesus according to the measure that he gives you. But as we are, remember that scripture says we're a child of God? That's not just a cute phrase. It means, it means you have God's DNA. Weren't you born again? You think that's just cute? No, that, that, there's something very powerful that happens in the spirit realm, when you come to the Lord and say, forgive me, release me from my sins, and I'll serve you the rest of my life, you now become part of family. Oh, Lord. And you, you get new DNA. I, I really think... i, I, I got to quit. Listen, uh, you, you remember when... What would you do if y'all come up here? I'm gonna pray for people's eyes. <laughs> yeah, that'll fill the altars. Why? What? What was the thought process? You know what he was doing? He was putting his DNA. He's symbolically saying, "I put my DNA in you." 
Glory to God. I want to preach. I want to preach a message on the on the blood and that DNA connection again. In fact, I think we're going to have for Easter. We're also we're going to have a good instead of Thursday. We're going to have a Good Friday service, and I think I'm going to preach on the blood of the Lamb. You might want to come to both services. Amen. Sunday morning will be good too. We can't. We just can't. We're already excited about Easter, but 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 watch this. The 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 blood, the blood, the blood. The DNA is in the blood. They said it says in the scriptures, don't eat meat with blood in it, because there's DNA in the blood. He shed his DNA for us. No, y'all don't like y'all don't y'all don't get that. He's giving us his DNA. We're family, literally. I don't know how it works in the spirit realm, but it's real. So we have this measure of the spirit. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. I'm almost done. Uh, uh, Worship team can come. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Wow. Next verse. I think there's another verse. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, and that's not just about the end of time. How many know he's revealing himself even now? We will see him. Come on. How many want to see him? In the spirit realm as well. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. Oh, I'm, now let me close with this. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Watch this. And, and, and we'll close with that. Oh, does anyone else feel the Lord in this place? Jesus, we praise you. Remember this, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure, metron, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You know what that tells me? That the way you treat others is often the way he can treat you. And as you give, you're able to receive. guess what he's saying is how do I put this Jesus 
It, it, it's like God has this huge abundance of blessing. And it's not that you earn it. You know, if you do this, then God will do that. Don't get that in your head. You don't earn his blessings. But here's what happens. It's not about earning it. It's about what size is your bucket to receive it. You see, if you live small and you're selfish, you might just have that little thimble because you didn't give. Because as you give, it somehow increases the capacity to receive. God, God's not hanging around try, trying to you know, build new things. Listen, everything you ever need is already of everything. Your healing provided in the cross. Everything's already, but your salvation, everything's already in the bank. But, but we, come, we come to him. And when we live small, we live selfishly. You, you restrict your giving ability. You don't earn what you get. But as you give, it just makes you bigger and able to. Does that make sense? I think we got to get the difference because we don't earn a single blessing. You don't say, well, if I do this, then God has to. No, no, God doesn't have to do anything. But when you give with whatever you measure out, he, he is able to measure back. That's why they say you can't outgive God. Because the more you give, the more your bucket expands. You still got to go get it, but your bucket expands. How many want to have some big buckets? Well, then my question is, how big is your giving bucket? The ushers are coming back. How many know it's not just about money? It's, it's an attitude. It, it's, it's loving one another. It, it's putting up with each other, as the Bible says. It's persevering and enduring. It's, it's all that. It's not just about money. It's about giving of yourself. And as you do, you expand your ability to receive. I don't know if anyone's ever taught you this before, but you need to get this in your spirit. That's why it's better to give than to because the more you give, the more you can receive. If you're just wanting to give me, give me, give me, God's saying, I'm giving you all I can give you. Because you don't have the capacity. So, why can't I be a millionaire? Because you can't, you don't know how to manage the 20,000 a year you earn now. You blow it and you. You have a poverty mindset and you can't handle it. That's why God can't bless you. You don't give. You don't give of yourself. Whew. Judge not lest you be. But when you don't judge, you don't get judged. Some of you are going to have a hard time in heaven. <laughs> you ever meet these people? I just tell it like it is. Well, you can tell it like it is. In love, you still get message of 
The message is not just what's right or wrong, but the message needs to include, I love you, by the way. Because if there's no I love you in the correction, the correction will just bounce off. Not only that, but you'll be judged by that same standard. How I many you know I'm doing some teaching here that we really need? I don't see anyone shouting or running, but how I many you know we need this? We need, I'm talking about the measure of the Spirit. Only Jesus had the full measure, but we have the measure that we're supposed to have. But thank God you can keep making your bucket bigger so that your measure will increase. How many want the full measure of what God can give us as we walk in the full measure of faithfulness and the full measure of grace and the full measure of divine authority and our daily allowance? How many want a daily daily allowance from the Holy Spirit. Get up every morning. We pray for daily bread. Just, just get up and when you pray for daily bread, also pray for your daily allowance. Jesus. Ooh, I feel the Lord in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Praise God. This is just one of those services where we, we just need, we need direction. Come on, church. We, we just need direction from the Holy Spirit. We need to understand. This is, how you, this is how you understand your purpose in Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to say we love you. We know that you're all we need. And we praise you. For there's none like you.